Welcome to the Weekly Hijack. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of um, The Prisoner. regular, ordinary episode of The Prisoner. Yeah. Are there regular episodes of The Prisoner? Uh, More regular than this one. Yes, probably. <laughs> so uh, the, what? tell us, what is the name of this one, Tim? Living in Harmony. And what is the shtick this time? Well, <laughs> this is a good time to remind listeners that if you have not seen these episodes, they're going to be full of spoilers when you hear us talk about them. Yes. If I was a persickety man... I I would say, how dare the British appropriate our cultural heritage of cowboy movies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, cowboys. Yes. Does that whole episode started with uh, number six in a cowboy setting? And about nine tenths of it was in cowboy setting. And honestly, I thought that was going to be the whole thing. I had seen a, a again a synopsis of this one before, and it was suddenly like, oh, okay, so it's going to be like some sort of alternate reality yeah. thing. And it was up until like the last. Uh, Five, seven minutes? Fifteen minutes? Well, ten, I don't know. And then it got really even weirder than it was. Which it was already kind of... I mean, okay, first off, the... I guess the actual Western setting itself was kind of one of these psychological Westerns in some ways. It was like if Hitchcock directed a, a Western. It was very interesting because it played with a lot of the themes, but like in a very yeah psychological sort of way. Yeah, the, the themes were there of like cowboy number six had re- <laughs> resigned as a sheriff from one town <laughs> and got dragged into some other town where that's controlled by a judge who feels very much like a number two and the judge controls everything and has all these people... Uh, even though this is one of those towns where no one seems to be doing anything except hang out at the, at the saloon. And beating people up. And beating people up, yes. And the judge wants number six to become the new sheriff. Number six doesn't want to be a sheriff, but he kind of blackmails him through uh, this one lady in town whose brother had been lynched. She's heavily implied that she's a prostitute at the local saloon. I hope a lot of this went over Fio's head. <laughs> Who is in the room? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> And uh, one of the judge's lackeys is this really weird. Never talks. Very mentally disturbed kind of yeah. individual, it, it's heavily implied, who just mm-hmm. kind of stares at people and has this particular fascination for this lady. Again, the judge kind of blackmails number six into becoming sheriff in order to protect her. lady whose brother had just been killed and who she, she tries to help number six escape a couple times and it doesn't go well. It's still the prisoner, but in Western garb. So it has it has some of that, like, playing with these issues of mankind kind of forcing control over other people. Conform to you and live in harmony. And the city's called Harmony. Live in harmony with us. Do what, you know, be our share. You know, just obey. Just submit. Just yeah. conform. And we it's a sort of story beats we've seen in other... I mean, it, it isn't, like, I, I couldn't help but think, because it's not been all that long since we saw Gangs of New York, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's just like another complete different setting where you have someone usurping authority and yep. wielding power over others. Similar, again, similar themes we've seen throughout The Prisoner, just in a completely different setting. But then it gets, again, the more this, this mentally disturbed guy is part of the story, the more it feels much more Hitchcockian in mm-hmm. some ways. Yes, like there are lots of really creepy images of him staring at this woman and and also kind of wanting to prove himself against number six. Mm-hmm. And number six doesn't want to take up guns because it's one more way of resisting, not doing what they ask. But then he resigns from being sheriff, but takes the guns up, shootout. Pretty great shootout in the saloon, though. Yeah. In the saloon? or In, the, in the saloon, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He like, takes it, out like four people all at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. A little bit unforgiven right there. <laughs> a little bit. Although I couldn't help but think, well, I guess 
my thought was like when he gave him the, the judge given the ultimate ultimatum it's like shoot the judge first yeah. and then worry about the other guys because yeah he seems to be the the main power and it's like take out the power head but anyway at some point all this comes out that no this is all another weird experiment simulation by the people of the village we mm-hmm. see number i guess when he would normally have gotten shot in the story he like his consciousness breaks through it all. I'm not sure exactly what they expected to gain out of all this. The well, I, I think they'd hope to. Yeah, I thought they were just going to end there and just like leave us a piece of pieces, but then they kind of do some explanation mm-hmm. and say like they were trying to continually crack him mentally until I guess be obedient. But I guess he realized the difference between reality and fantasy so quickly, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Then what what kind of ends up happening is that some of these other people who were in it can't quite separate fancy reality anymore like yeah like the, the all like the the people in the village in some ways were more taken in by their hallucination than number six was yeah i mean the the woman who we found out was actually at some point we had seen her get killed and then when the hallucination was broken we saw the judge was of course number two, two. and the mentally disturbed was like a number eight or something and, and he was like was he kind of had i guess he'd kind of concocted the plan it sounds like yeah he was like the scientist guy in this case trying yeah. to do the plan and the woman was real distraught over the whole thing and the guy who was the number eight the mentally disturbed guy is like ah, eh, it was all right and but she goes back to the saloon set apparently and he following her there and he is being just as creepy if not more so and i can't i can't figure out whether he was creepy beforehand or whether that's become like the role has seeped into his reality mm-hmm I mean, there's something about that that I can't appreciate the commentary for because I've always been wary of stories that go in too hard on the psychological breakdown of someone like the Joker yeah. or some mentally disturbed people. It's like, how can you really like dive into that without it affecting you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, in the case of Heath Ledger, it tragically did yeah. in some ways, the methods that he used. But... I know, it, this seems to be kind of an exploration of that same idea. And it's interesting, uh, just the, the Western setting, is that it's very appropriate for number six because the sort of individualistic cowboy sheriff is very much him. Mm-hmm. And, and it just reminded me that in some of these later episodes, he has viewed himself more as a protector from the inside than trying to escape. Mm. I mean, the first half of the show, he's largely trying to escape. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like he's spent more time trying to unravel the village to a certain extent or at least destabilize it from within I mean, yeah. anvil into a hand hammer and anvil is the most memorable one of that type sure but there's been other ones where he's trying to protect someone from yeah from the machinations within and i think it's an interest it was an interest even without the ending that view and then with the ending it's like he can still really separate maybe because he's so okay i'm gonna read super englishy stuff into it, which probably maybe it wasn't meant but like since he's fully himself you know he is a man not number he can tell that you know he's rooted in reality more than mm, these the, people the, who have drunk the kool-aid yeah already. yeah i could see that i don't know if they meant that but i could see that yeah yeah no, I, I think that's a valid reading of it in the middle of it i was wondering about it when i was under the assumption that this was like an alternate number yeah. six i was very curious about okay i wonder why he resigned in the original was it <laughs> was it, a, was it a non like i was thinking from a different his motives was yeah. it a non-violent thing is that why he yeah. doesn't want to pick up the guns and then this is sort of a story of okay at some point we do need to protect the the innocent that's why yeah. he you know, interesting he, he does eventually pick up the guns but he leaves behind his badge mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know some sort of like separation i don't know there there's a lot you could read into that that is I guess is not exactly 
accurate to with the reality of what's actually going on. But but it is interesting because he seems to either want to be he doesn't want to be part of it, but if he has to be, he either wants to bring justice or protection. I mean, mm-hmm. his his motives are very different than everyone else's, and pretty consistent with who he is. Yeah, and I think that is very noble. I mean, the the idea of that like I'm going to fight for my independence, but at a certain point, I'm going to leave my independence behind, my will behind, if I need to protect someone who needs protecting. And it's interesting because number two has never tried to really hurt anyone on the... the no, I mean, he's never tried to, like, violently destroy... Like, he's even protected a number two before, for the sake of the village. Oh, yes, yes, that's true. You know, so yeah. he doesn't have this... You know, not, nowadays, some people be like, well, you just solve it by killing the number two. <laughs> you know, that would be, like, the plot. Yeah, well, although in this case, we know that number two is himself expendable. Yeah. So, I mean... It doesn't matter, yeah, it yeah, doesn't he, matter that much anyways. Yeah, he, he can't take out... Er- all Every the all the number twos, yeah, or the whole village or whoever, right, right. In charge, yeah. So he does, he doesn't really get to play the role of protector a lot, but no. yeah, I th- I just think that's an interesting distinction. Fight for my own independence, but put yeah. it aside when I need to. Yeah, I yeah, I I think it is a, a stronger episode for having the last ten minutes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was I was totally on board with it being kind of this alternate version of like all a Twilight this. Zone version, sort y- of. Yeah, yeah, but actually, it was even fit into the show even more by by having it still be part of the ongoing story looking at the fan order here let's see this was uh this is episode 14 broadcast order fans place it uh there's two 14s there's also two 10s so again i could see i could see i mean you wouldn't have to see placing it earlier yeah again this we're in the part of the season where the placement doesn't matter quite as much and in fact actually this is one of the last episodes where there's any much difference between the broadcast order and the fan suggested order. So the last all. three are very much the last three? Pretty much. Yeah. Largely, yeah. So it should be a interesting conclusion. Every time we watch this, when we get done, guys, we're always like, wow, that was a that was something else. Like every episode. <laughs> that, that's like our reaction. Like, that was something. Because it really was pretty, like, the ending, the psychological turn between one, okay, it's not just an alternate reality it's in the village and then two oh gosh these people are really messed up and in this case referring to the the warden and the mentally disturbed people they both wound up dying at the end one because she was strangled and the other one i guess he just went crazy and decided to kill himself the people in the village are not actually very happy no i mean like even the number twos are generally only happy because they're on top of the heap right then (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it says something about people in uh, totalitarian regimes. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting character study of that. I mean, for as mosaic as the episodes are, it is pretty consistent with its messaging. That is true. I think that I think that helps a lot. You know, because if it was all over, I mean, the writers seem to. I mean, not that they're all saying the same thing, but they seem like they have a pretty firm mm-hmm. general vision. Yeah, thematically, I concur. All right. All right, I know we, we uh, again, we went rambling because we're, <laughs> anytime we have a puzzle in one of these episodes, we really want to dive into it, but we'll let the ladies say anything if they want to. It was very interesting to see the prisoner in Western garb, <laughs> and I think as soon as the episode started, I was going, what are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> and it was scary in a different way to, even in this setting, not be able to escape even though you think you should be able to because it's just a town. (laughs) I wasn't quite sure what was going on with the ladies' really bright outfits, but prostitute makes sense. 
that one thing I was listening for the whole time was, can these guys really do American accents? <laughs> yes. It did occur to me, like, it was probably a deliberate choice to have Patrick McGowan be kind of a strong silent type. So he didn't actually have to say that much. I don't mm-hmm. know. It wasn't a bad American accent. I'm not sure it felt entirely natural to me. The sheriff's American accent was the strongest. Mm. I think Patrick McGowan's a few words I could hear a little bit of. Mm, that's not quite how Americans would say that word. Yeah, yeah. He's a great actor, but he's not quite Christian Bale, who is a su- surprising to find out he actually is British. He's played so many American roles. Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, he is actually British. And anytime yeah. he's, he's in interviews, he speaks with his native accent. And it always throws you for a loop. Because wow. I've seen him w- in way more American roles than British roles. Mm-hmm. I guess one thing I would say is that since it was almost this parallel universe, I was looking for characters that I would recognize and then realized... <laughs> This show doesn't have any. They're all different every single time. So I guess I was kind of looking for... Then I started looking for the types that we have. The number two was obvious. And then I wouldn't have guessed that the kid was the scientist. But then there's always some lady involved to pull number six's heartstrings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this one I, I felt was darker than the normal... I don't know. We ended up with more death, I think. I was trying to think if we end up usually end up with any deaths in the other... Not normally. I mean, no. I'm trying to think if we have... I mean, like one of his friends, someone he knew, I think, who was also a prisoner, I seem to remember that person dying at the end. There was a girl who jumped out the window the one time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every once in a while we have Vault 1, but not... I mean, th- yeah, this was... I think this was darker than some of them. The village is... Is more polite. It's not quite as wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I do think the fact we've never had like a, a psychopath, aside from the, the number two that uh, number six thoroughly trounced and hammer into animal. <laughs> Still my favorite episode. <laughs> but no, the, the one scientist guy was a genuine creep. Yes. Um, so I think that's one aspect that really made this a dark. Yeah, I, I agree. Again, taking outside the village, putting it in a different setting, it does kind of highlight a different side of darkness in all this the idea of someone powerful like number two manipulating someone like that to their own ends is skeevy Mm. well on that note (laughs) (laughs) that wonderful note uh any i think i think we'll wrap this up unless anyone had anything else Uh, good just this show is very inventive (laughs) it is it certainly is but we just got three left and uh we'll see where it goes from here yep till next time this is tim this is nick And the ladies, bye-bye.